You're listening to On the Beat, connecting you with your community. Only on the Heart, 1340 AM and 101.9 FM. It is Thursday, August 5th, 2021. I'm Tommy Lee. You are On the Beat on 1340 AM and 101.9 FM. And the city with a heart is heartbroken today as news reached us yesterday of the passing of Hall of Fame football coach Tom Kurth, who led generations of Elkhart players and students uh, for 43 years, uh, passing away at the age of 85. Literally, generations of kids, their parents, their grandparents, touched by his guidance. Uh, he was a blue blazer through and through, instrumental in the integration of the football program in the 1960s and early 70s. And uh, we are very fortunate here at the heart that he spoke with Carl Stutzman, this uh, program's previous host, back in February about uh, his work and, uh, in a roundabout way, his legacy of what he has left for us here in the city with a heart. Um, With great thanks to my dear friend Carl Stutzman, the previous host of this program, we will replay that entire interview for you today on The Beat on 1340 AM and 101.9 FM. This is someone that I've literally been, my entire life, I have been hearing stories about this guy, Uh, whether it was from my uncles who played for him, whether it was reading articles in the Elkhart Truth or, you know, just being a football fan in the area in general. And that is coach Tom Kurth, who I don't know how much of an introduction you actually need to these people, but uh, coach Kurth, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to chat with me. Well, it's a pleasure for me to be here, Carl, and uh... I uh, sincerely appreciate you asking me to talk with you today, and uh, I'm a born and bred blue blazer, and I always will be. Uh, I have a hard time with Elkhart Lions. I think of the Lions Club when I hear that. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but I love my blazers, and anytime anybody wants to talk to me about them, I'm always here and ready to do it. Well, like I had said, you, you've you coached uh, plenty of people that have been in my life, um, and it's really funny because uh, the, the none of them are of the same generation. That's how long you coached for. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you've, uh, you've got one years is pretty long a time. Yeah, uh, that 43 is three years on Elkhart. That is that is incredibly long. It when when you sit back now and and you know at the age you are and and look back at it. You know, I don't. I don't know. Like, what? What? What are you most proud of in your career? Oh, I think the biggest thing I can say that I'm most proud of is that I love my job, and my job was going to school and being with my kids, not just the the athletes, but the students that I interacted with. And uh, I always said I was very fortunate that I enjoyed getting up in the morning and going to work, and I had a tremendous relationship with the student body in all the years I was there. Uh, I started out at Griffith, Indiana, uh, 21 year old, right out of college, and not realizing I wasn't much older than the players. Uh, my first team, I had five guys on the team that were 19 and I was 21. So uh, I was just like one of them. And uh, So I would say the biggest thing I enjoy is just saying I'm, I'm a coach uh, I'm a teacher and I enjoy kids well you've affected you know like you said you were there for 51 years over the period of five decades you have 
generations, generations past, generations to come of 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 kids and parents and and moms and dads and loved ones that that you've affected. That's that's incredible. I mean, your your work and your passion literally can be found all over the city of Elkhart. Well, I had to laugh when uh, I was retiring. A little girl came down to my office and she said, uh, "My grandpa wanted to tell me." Uh, I wish you a, a good retirement. And I said, well, what was your grandpa's name? She told me. and I said, well, I, he was a pretty good football player for me. And on my wall in my office, I had all the all-state football players that ever played for me. I said, that's your grandpa right there. And of course, I'm talking to third generation now. Yeah. She said, he doesn't look like that now. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly would think not. So I know this question is going to be a lot of, uh, on a lot of people's minds. Um, how are you doing? What's what's going on in your life right now? Well, of course, uh, I retired when I was 73. And I really didn't want to, but felt that it was time to do that. And uh, so I've been spending most of my time at home. Uh I'm 85 now, uh, battling bladder cancer. Uh, I lost my wife three months ago to COVID, and uh, that was pretty tough on me. Yeah. But uh, still trying to get over that. But we were very close. She was a great coach's wife. Uh, in track, she was always my scorekeeper. And uh, she went to all the meets, home and away, and was just like an assistant to me and uh, any success that I've ever had in my career, uh, I owe an awful lot of it to her. Well, I am sorry to hear of her passing. And obviously that, that news kind of made its way around town and it's unbelievable. COVID has been, COVID has been terrible. Uh, you know, you and I were talking, I, you know, I'd asked if you had been out and about or what you were doing and, you know, you've just been kind of, unfortunately through all of this, I mean, you're, you're stuck at home. You know, there's not really any, yeah, anywhere else you can I'm go. One of the things, Carl, that has kind of handicapped me is I have macular degeneration. And uh, I'm fortunate that I can still see pretty well as far as watching television. And I can see you real good today and everything, but I don't read very well. And as a result, I don't drive anymore. And uh, that limits a little bit of my uh, freedom, you might say. Uh, but uh, overall, I've, I've got so much to be thankful for. Uh, the Lord's been very good to me. And uh, I just try and take each day at a time. I spend a lot of time talking to my former athletes and students. Uh, I go all the way back to the, the kids that I still call them, kids that I had in Griffith who are now 79 and 80 years old. <laughs> and uh, that, that's made it nice. I take up a lot of time on Facebook with them and, and talk to them on the phone and email and text and do a lot of those things. Then I've got two grandsons that live in, I, I told you my daughter lives in Charlotte, actually it's Gastonia, uh, right outside of Charlotte. And one's a senior, the other one's a freshman, and they're basketball players. And I've been following them through live stream uh, all season, watching them play. And uh, the oldest one's a pretty good athlete. And, Averages the double figures almost every game. 
And they just got knocked out of the state championship semifinals last night. So I've been watching him play since he's about four years old. So uh, he'll be on the college next year. He's trying to, he's applied to, for Notre Dame now. I don't know if he'll go there or not. He hasn't been accepted yet. He's been accepted to Indiana and Purdue. Uh, he's had several more out there. He's an excellent student. And uh, so I, I don't know. I think his basketball career is probably over. But I'll be watching his brother, who was good enough as a freshman, to be on their varsity this year. Talking about high school sports, I mean, this year's been incredible. I mean, uh, let's 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 think about this for a second. I mean, you literally coached through. Uh, I I don't even want to try and start listing world events that you coached through. But I don't I don't think anything w- disrupted high school sports quite to the level that COVID did. I mean, the kids, the teachers, the coaches, they've all had to pivot. They've all had to make changes. And for my money, as I'm, as I'm looking back on things, they've handled it really, really well. Well, you know, it's been tough Uh, on education in general. uh, I don't think the kids can learn as well as they are now. I think they need to be in school. I think they learn better in school. Uh, I'm glad that, They've relaxed the uh, restrictions they've had on sports and have allowed them to go on this year. It was a shame last year that they stopped everything just bang right now. And those kids that were seniors never got a chance to complete their high school career. And you've got a lot of them who had spent a lot of time working their entire life for this, you know, and never had a chance to complete it. the sooner we can get back to normalcy, the better we're all are going to be. And that takes everybody working together. There's no doubt about it. But it has been very unusual, and I think extremely hard on everybody. I really do. You don't have the companionship. Uh, you don't have the ability to hang out with your buddies like you really want to hang out with them and go places and watch other teams play. And uh, Students can't even go to the games and – all those things are bad. And and high school sports, I mean, for the, for the athletes that are there, you know, I I played sports in high school, and it was the last time that I'm ever going to play sports on a truly competitive level. Um, and it was, you know, it was an, it was important to me. It's something back that I I look back on very fondly. I would hate to be robbed of some form of finality to it. You know, it's just one day you just it's just it's done. You can't do it anymore. Well, you know, at Rice Field, we have the field house on the north end there. And uh, it's been more than just a a locker room for us. It's been a gathering place for me and my athletes. And not just during the season, but 12 months out of the year. Uh, I always had it open on weekends. It was a place for them to come to. It was kind of like a safe haven, you might say. And not only did we have our weight program in there, but I had TVs all around. A lot of times we just came down and socialized and hung out together. And it was surprising how much counseling you got done without them realizing that you were counseling them in your general uh, uh, gatherings that you had with one another. It was a place the kids loved to come and hang out. Of course, they couldn't do that now. And that would be hard on me because I went there every Saturday and Sunday. If I was in town, I opened up the field house, no matter what time of the year it was. 
And I felt it was a great place for us all to hang out together. And of course, now that, that couldn't happen. Last question here for you before we take a quick break. Um, I know you said you're up front. You're you know you're you're a blazer through and through, and the Elkhart Lions maybe not your forte, but you have to have looked at what Coach Shattuck did and and at least feel a little proud because he had a really great season and he's done a good job. Oh, he's done a nice job. He's come in and he's reached out to the kids really well. Uh, I've always felt that uh, once we went back together, and I told him that when we interviewed that uh, he has an opportunity if he proves himself at Elkhart Central to become the coach of one of the best programs in the state of Indiana. And uh, tell him what we had before they split us. And I can't tell you how many state championships we've been denied because of that split. Uh, during the split, we were still able to maintain our our, our powerful stu- structure of being one of the better teams in the state year in and year out. But we, we, we just couldn't get over that hump of being a small 5A where they already had 5A, uh, five classes. Mm-hmm. Had they had had 6A, uh, we would have really been a power in five day. And I, I think we probably would have won probably five or six more state championships because we had some great athletes even after we split. I imagine that to this day, if I asked you to name all of your uh, athletes that were either All-State or went on to the professional level, you probably could if you really sat down and think about it, couldn't you? Well, I've had 97 that we've got on to the, just Division One schools. I'm That's very amazing. proud of that. And uh, we've sent them everywhere. And I've always told the kids that you know, if you really want to go to college, and, and college isn't for everybody, but if you really want to, we'll find a place for you to go. And we had developed a pretty good reputation when we were one high school of uh, having outstanding athletes. And, and all the big game coaches came in. Uh, Woody Hayes, uh, Bear Bryant's been in my house here in Elkhart three times. Uh, and I could just Joe Paterno or I, Bo Becker, Bill Mallory. I could just keep throwing them out to the left and right. Uh, all came in and recruited our kids because they all were, were pretty good. They all proved themselves when they went to college. And many of them were very fortunate to go on and make it in the pros. And I was very proud of that because uh, when you start talking about going from junior high to high school, the college, the pro, every time you take that step up, you, you're cutting out a, a large portion of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were fortunate to have uh, several of our kids make it in the pros. Uh, several of them very close to make it in the pros. So very proud of the kids. More with Carl Stutzman and his conversation with uh, the late football coach Tom Kurth coming up on The Beat on 1340 AM and 101.9 FM, The Heart. of Elkhart. This is On the Beat on the Heart, 1340 AM and 101.9 FM. You're on the beat on 1340 AM and 101.9 FM. My name is Tommy Lee. The previous host of this program, Carl Stutzman, spoke with Tom Kurth, the uh, former and legendary football coach for Elkhart, uh, who passed away yesterday at the age of 85. 
coached at the school and uh, was a leader both on the field and in the classroom for generations of Elkhart citizens uh, for five decades uh, in this community. Uh, Carl had quite the conversation with him. It continues now uh, from the program that uh, ran on February 23rd here on The Beat. Uh, We now continue with Carl and Coach Kurth. Still sitting down here with uh, Coach Tom Kurth, a legendary football coach for Elkhart Central. Uh, Man about town, maybe not so much these days, but, you know, back in the day, you could see him around and everyone's got their Coach Kurth stories. So, uh, (laughs) Coach, one of the the reasons why I really wanted to talk with you is, as part of Black History Month, I've I've been kind of trying to, as best I can, find some unique stories and perspectives on Black History in Elkhart. And... In my conversations, I was told that I needed to talk to you about what it was like integrating sports back in the day at the school because it wasn't it wasn't as smooth and simple as some people may like to remember it. You you had a you had a little bit of a, of an interesting go at it getting that done. So I, I guess I'll leave it open from from your perspective and your memory. What was what was that like? Well, it was quite interesting. Uh... I never applied for the job at Elkhart. I had gotten a call. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Palmer Mart was the principal. And uh, I didn't even know where Elkhart was. Uh, once you settled in the region, I just thought I'd live there the rest of my life. And I had a nice job at Griffith High School. And we were doing quite well. Uh, I had just built a brand new house right across the street from the practice field. Uh, my wife was six months pregnant and football was going to start in a week. When I get this call, the Elkhart football job is open. We'd like for you to come down and interview. Are you interested? I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) He said, well, why not? And I said, uh, uh, Mr. Bart, I said, school's going to start. The season's going to start. And I told him the other things. He says, well, hey, he says, I was your seventh and eighth grade basketball coach. He said, you owe it to me just to come down and talk to us. So I came down. I said, I will do that. My wife and I got in the car the next day. We came to Elkhart and uh, had my interview. And uh, I didn't think it went particularly well. And uh, superintendent walked in and looked at his watch and said, I've got 15 minutes, Tom. Uh, tell me everything you can about yourself and because uh, we've got to go to the airport. We're flying in a guy from, I think he said Texas, and the other one from Florida. And I thought, gee, me, Christmas, I'm a 30-year-old young coach, and they got these guys that are flying in. And so we had the interview, and they took me around, showed me everything. This was downtown at the old high school. And then we went down to which is now called Elkhart East, which was Elkhart Central. And that was the first year that it had just opened. And uh, they called it the Seeger Division and showed me around there. Of course, I was very impressed and more impressed than ever with the stadium. I still think we have one of the nicest stadiums in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. And then they said, we're going to take you over to the field house. And I went over, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, Fieldhouse, what do you think? The great big building, the right big building I could see around was Continental Can. I don't know if you remember the big factory right behind the school or not. Yep. But that was not the Fieldhouse. They took me over to this little brick building that wasn't in very good shape and told me that that was our <laughs> locker room facilities. Well, go on 
we uh, we got done with the interview and we went up to Azar's on the main street and had a sandwich and as we walked out of the restaurant, I told my wife, I said, well, you can take your last walk down Main Street. She said, what do you mean? I said, we'll never be back here again. And uh, <laughs> here I am, <laughs> and, uh, 2021. Who would have thought 1966 I'd still be sitting in Elkhart? Had numerous chances to leave and didn't because I fell in love with the community and I fell in love with my students and I just didn't want to leave. Uh, so we went back home and I didn't think he even had an opportunity to take the job. And on Friday morning, they called and tell me that uh, we want, uh, want you to come down tonight to the school board uh, and... Uh, we want to hire you and, and, and get things going. And I said, well, I've got a problem. I've never told the people at Griffith that I was even interviewing. I said, I've got to go talk to the superintendent there. So I went over to his house and talked to him. And I said, Dr. Cheevers, all you got to do is tell me you don't want me to leave Griffith. And I said, I'm out of here. And he says, Tom, I don't want you to leave Griffith. And I started to get up and he said, don't sit down. I said, well, well, what do you mean? He said, I just fired you. I said, what do you mean you just fired me? He said, you have no choice. You have to go to Elkhart now. And then he explained, he says, jobs like this don't come along every day. At that time, we were the third largest high school in the state of Indiana. And I think we had over 3,000 students at the upper three grades. And I had 500 students at the upper four grades at Griffith. So there's quite a difference. So we decide we take the job, and uh, on Sunday, I, I left for Elkhart uh, with my son, Frank. Uh, he wanted to come along. He was a five-year-old. And uh, my wife said, you can't take a five-year-old down there. I said, oh, he'll be all right. She said, he's never been the same since. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, we came to Elkhart on, on Sunday. I did not know one assistant coach. Uh, I did not know one player's name. I did bring one of my former players from Griffith by the name of Wynn Gerard with me as an assistant. Uh, he had been coaching at Haber Noel, and I called him up, said, you're going to Elkhart with me. And he said, oh, no, coach. He said, I got a job. I said, no. I said, I'm still your coach. You're coming with me. <laughs> so I brought him with me, and we went to our first practice. And this is where the story gets interesting. I knew nothing about Elkhart at all. I knew nothing about uh, how many minority students there were or anything. And first day of practice, uh, I had one black football player show up. That was all. And so after practice, I called him over. I didn't know his name. It was Gary Metchu who went on to become a, an All-American. And he played at the Air Force Academy. And I said, uh, are you the only black student in the school? <laughs> of course, he started laughing. And uh, he says, no, I'm not. He said, there's quite a few of us, Coach. And I said, well, could you take me home? I said, I'd like to see where the black community is. So he took me home to his house, and he lived on Cleveland Street, 1014. And that was the same address as my grandmother's house in Gary, Indiana. I said, this is a good omen. So I went in and sat down and had a nice talk with his mother and told her I was concerned that there weren't more black athletes out there. And uh, I wanted to reach out to the black community and try to recruit more of the kids to come out. 
And uh, I said, I'd like to know where the adults hang out. And she said, well, there's a place called the Cozy Corner. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. And so anyway, I went down there that night and uh, met with the gentlemen that were in there. And that's how I started. And I really recruited, uh, but, but not just the black kids. I, I recruited every section of town. I, I went to the junior high schools. Uh, I went to the elementary schools. And I wanted to get as many kids out as I possibly could. And uh, uh, to make a long story short, uh, when the superintendent hired me, he says, Tom, you've got three years to win the state championship. If you don't win it in three years, he said, I'm going to have to let you go. And I said, well, I, I can't sign a three-year contract. And he said, well, I, I can't give you any more of that. And I said, no, Dr. Oyer, I said, I just want a one-year contract. I said, I want to be able to hold my job of my own merit. I don't need any safety cushion. He says, you and I are getting along real good. <laughs> well, to make a long story short, three years later, uh, we were state champions. And I think on my starting defensive unit, eight of the 11 were black athletes. But the point I want to make, Carl, is uh, two years ago, I got a very nice award uh, on the Martin Luther King Day uh, for the community, Ben Barnes Community Service Award. And they had about eight of my athletes up to give testimonies. And they were supposed to talk about five minutes. We each one talked about 20 minutes. But the one thing they all said, that this is the exact truth, and this is what I told the, the administration at Elkhart when they asked me how I felt about minorities. I said, I grew up in the Calumet region. I've never seen color in my life. I never will see color. Uh, I accept people for what they are, uh, not how much money they have or, or what color the skin of it is. I said, I, I accept them on their own individual ability. And that's how I run my athletic program. The best people will play. I'll try and get the best out. And if they adhere to my rules and regulations and do all the things I want them to play, I don't care if they're all white or all black. We're, we're all blue blazers. And that's the most important thing to me. If you come into the program, you're committing to me that you're going to be a blue blazer. And uh, the kids did that. They bought in right away. Uh, that senior class, that first year, uh, we went six and four, and I really think, Carl, we could have been better. I had, had a chance to know them, uh, at least this summer. Uh, but, but they bought into the program right away. And by the end of the season, we were pretty good. And, and just to be there three years later to win the state championship, uh, it shows that the kids had to buy into uh, what I was asking them to do. And I was also fortunate to they have a real strong assistant coaching staff that that worked real hard with me. And, uh, all those things uh, come together to make for success. There's still more to come with Carl Stutzman uh, on the beat here on 1340 AM and 101.9 FM as he spoke with head football coach Tom Kurth uh, back in February here on the program. Stick around. It's on the way on 1340 AM and 101.9 FM, The Heart. Now back to On the Beat, On the Heart, 1340 AM and 1019 FM. 
You are on the beat on 1340 AM and 101.9 FM, The Heart. I'm Tommy Lee, and uh, once again, we are uh, replaying a program that ran back in February where the former host of this show, my good friend and yours, Carl Stutzman, uh, spoke with legendary Hall of Fame head football coach Tom Kurth, who passed away yesterday at the age of 85. Uh, Carl had quite a conversation with him. We've been listening to it all afternoon here uh, since 12 o'clock. If you have missed any of this, there will be a podcast uh, available uh, at the On The Beat podcast. Those details are coming up in a bit. But first, let's finish up the conversation with Carl and Coach Kurth right here from uh, February on The Beat on 1340 AM and 101.9 FM. Carl Stutzman here, joined by Hall of Fame coach Tom Kurth. Uh, we are talking about, among many other things, what it was like to integrate Elkhart schools and uh, Elkhart sports back in the day, really reaching out to the black community and bringing more African-American players onto his team. Uh, now, Coach Kurth, you know, before the break, we were, you know, you were you were telling us, you know, you've you're not the type of guy who who sees color. You never have. You you grew up in the region. You know, reaching out to any part of the community was a big part of what you did but that's a that's a legacy that when you're in that situation is is kind of important to look back on um you know it's it's i i I know you know you came from from the region and the region has its own racial tension history out on that side um you know you also came into northern indiana and there were organizations at the time that were were kind of actively fighting things like this and I, I know that, you know, you can look back on it and say, I, I didn't see color. I really didn't think about it. But it's an exceptionally, an exceptionally um, forward thinking thing for you to do at that time. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that's great about athletics is that, and especially team sports, that you're only as good as the other people around you. And uh, when you get the kids to buy into uh, liking one another and respecting one another and realizing that uh, the only reason that they're good is because of the guy playing in front of them or beside them or behind them. Uh, Once you get that established, uh, they really don't care what the color of the skin is either. And uh, we went through some tough times. If you remember in the United States and the, late 60s and early 70s, we had racial tensions that were just unbelievable. And uh, we had them here in Elkhart. And uh, I can remember uh, in 1970, uh, at the end of the first practice, the seniors all gathered underneath the goalposts and they're calling me down there. And I thought, oh my God, what's starting already? And I get down there and they says, coach, it's gonna be a rough year this year at school. And uh, we want you to understand that uh, there will probably be fights. And uh, even though you may see us fighting in the school, when we walk into this field house, we have all made our own commitment that there were blue blazers and, we, uh, and we're going to be together. We're not going to let that tear us apart. And, uh, and they did. In our fourth game of the season, uh, we were going down to play Richmond, who was ranked number one at that time, and we were ranked number seven. And on Thursday, they had a terrible fight break out at the senior division. And the principal called me, and I was teaching driver's ed. He said, I want all your driver's ed cars down here. I got the football team sitting in the auditorium. I want you to take them all home, get their clothes, and I want you guys out of town by 3 o'clock. 
I says, but we play on Friday. And he said, I know that. I want you out of town. And he said, we've made arrangements already with Burlam College for you to stay there. And uh, they took us and we were out of town before school was out. And we stayed all night at Earlham, and uh, they were very nice to us there. It opened up the student center, and uh, we had our walkthrough on Friday morning, and uh, beat Richmond 28 to nothing, and vaulted up to the number one spot, and stayed there the rest of the year, uh, and we're state champs again in 1970. And but. I owe all, it all to an administration that was very understandable that they would do that for us so they get us out of town. That football was that important. At that time, you saw many, many cars at Elkhart, Blue Blazers number one. And uh, the town was very supportive of our football team despite the racial tensions that were going on. Uh, football was still more important than that. And uh, at that time, and I know we talk about it a lot now. Uh, we had our 50th reunion of the 68 team two years ago. We should have had our 50th for the 70 this last fall, but but those things came up and we got together and uh, we kind of laughed about it. But uh, how people couldn't understand how we could come together as a unit being from such a different culture, rich kids with uh, poor kids, uh, white kids, black kids, uh, we were only about 8% minority at that time. So Elkhart has really gone through a change over the years. But uh, that's kind of the history of it all. And, and the thing I'm the proudest of, Carl, is our kids to this day are still good friends and they get along with one another. Uh, uh, just seeing them to come together to form a cohesive unit uh, like they did uh, was really special. And of course, I always felt that track was a part of football. We couldn't have spring football practice, so I became the track coach so I could get all the kids out for track and in so doing, build a real strong track program. And of course, in 1993, we were uh, state track champions, and mm -hmm. that was very special to me too because uh, most of the team were made up of football players. Well, you have an amazing legacy, you know, as a coach, as just just as a, a just as a good person. And, and frankly, at the end of the day, sometimes I think that's more important. Better to be a good person than to be anything else when it's all said and done, uh, Coach. Well, I always, I always preach that to the kids. You know, you uh, you want to, sports can teach you a lot of things. Sometimes. Uh, uh, you learn a lot by losing. I remember in 69, we got beat by South Bend, Washington, 13 to 8. And my 69 team may have been the best team I've had, ever had. They only had three touchdowns scored on it all year. Uh, I think we played five games before anybody crossed the 50 yard line. Yet we had a bad night against Washington, got beat 13 to 8. And I can remember getting back to the field house and turning the lights on on the bus and somebody in the back of the bus says, coach, why did this happen? This should not have happened. And I said, this is a great lesson in life, guys. I said, you can work hard and harder and harder and harder and still things may not go the way you want them to do, but you don't quit. It just makes you work that much more harder again so it doesn't happen again. So you, you learned a lesson tonight that 
we're not going to ever let this happen again. And they did. And uh, we went on to finish 9 and 1. And they had a total of 18 points scored against them the entire season. That's amazing, Carl. That is amazing. That is amazing. I, I I have a billion more things I would love to ask you about. Unfortunately, as far as the show is concerned, we are officially out of time. <laughs> so I I am so thankful for a chance to to sit down and chat with you and and to hear about the program and your experiences. It's just it's been an absolute honor, and I mean that sincerely. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, Carl. Uh, I love Elkhart, and like I said, I, I love my athletes, and not just my athletes. I love the students that I had too. I, I have many opportunities to leave, as I told you before, and I never could. I fell in love with the community, and that's why I'm here today. Oh, I love it, and I'm glad you did too. So thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. That is head coach Tom Kurth, a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, it's Coach Kurth. I don't really know that I need to introduce him any other way than that to the people that listen to this program. <laughs> that wraps things up for the conversation with Carl Stutzman and head coach Tom Kurth, who uh, – was an Elkhart legend and uh, just a really great guy by all accounts. Uh, dearly missed by all. Um, the man uh, made an impact on generations of people in this community. Uh, a Hall of Famer, uh, a, a Blue Blazer through and through. Uh, a lot of outpouring of uh, love for the man yesterday online. Coach Shattuck. Uh, the head coach of the uh, new United Elkhart High School Lions, saying yesterday that it was an honor and privilege to have uh, been able to get to know Coach Kurth during the short time he's lived in the community. And uh, just a lot to talk about uh, And as we remember the man. Of course, we have our uh, every Friday conversation with Ken Fox, the sports editor with the Elkhart Truth, tomorrow here on The Beat. Something tells me uh, I know what we're going to be discussing. So join us for that. If you missed any of this conversation, there will be a uh, podcast posted uh, at the On The Beat podcast site. Uh, if you uh, aren't a subscriber, please uh, do so at your favorite podcast provider. And uh, by the end of the afternoon, you will definitely have this fantastic conversation that we just heard over the last uh, 40 minutes or so, half hour or so, uh, with Carl Stutzman, the former host of On The Beat, and the late coach Tom Kurth. We'll say goodbye in just a bit on 1340 AM and 101.9 FM on The Beat. Podcasts by Federated Media.